0: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of two minute drill presented by deep dive sports i'm your host dom and this week i'm joined by brian and nick so getting things started right with our first down uh, what was something that you guys took away from the nfl this week and we'll start with uh brian
1: uh what i took away is that the, the second half of the season is going to be really crazy i mean when you look at a the AFC North and the AFC West, really tight divisions, everybody within about a win of each other. And at least like with the AFC North, the second half of the season is mostly divisional games.
0: It's definitely going to be interesting to see how things um, turn out. The, the AFC is a lot closer than I thought that it was going to be. Um, I knew it was the better of the two conferences, but I figured it would have been top-heavy with the Browns-Ravens. And uh, Chiefs up at the top, but it's not how things have played out so far. Um, Nick, what have you taken away?
2: AFC North, it's back to its rightful placing. I mean, the the Steelers are only in second, not in first. But soon enough, soon enough. Mm, um, right. Yeah. Maybe. The, the uh, one thing. <laughs> the one thing that I uh, I took from this week is I think that I think. TJ Watt and Miles Garrett are not only making a play for Defensive Player of the Year, but I think that they're both making a play for MVP with the way that they're playing. I know as of this point, um, Miles Garrett's what, 10 and a half sacks? And then um, TJ Watt is at 11 and a half sacks uh, with uh, three forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries through seven games. I think. um, So if
0: you talk about. I think Miles leads the league in sacks. I, I thought he had 12 and a half. Yeah, so Miles is number one with 12. TJ Watt is at 11 and a half.
2: So he's only yeah. half behind.
0: Okay. Great race.
2: But, regardless of, I mean, those, those two guys are, I think, like I said, they're they're making a play for Defensive Player of the Year and probably MVP as well. I think the only reason they might get snubbed by MVP is just because we don't really have that many defensive players winning yeah. MVP. Um, you got to go, go crazy. But, I mean, at this pace, I mean, you're talking about we're, I think, what, eight, eight nine weeks in this mm-hmm. season, and they're both at – 12 sacks. I mean, if they can they can keep that going, though on pace probably for each of them having around like twenty-four or twenty-five sacks on the season. Um, and then I don't know how many forced fumbles Miles Garrett has, but if you if you basically double what TJ Watt has, he'll have six forced fumbles by the end of the season. So it's just crazy. I mean, the, the amount of quarterback pressures that they're able to get, um, I think they're two of the best pass rushers in the league at this point. I mean, I know we still have Aaron Donald, um, but I, I think that, that those guys can be interchanged between one and two, they're just freaks in nature. So that's kind of that's kind of what I took from this week.
0: Yeah, I honestly couldn't agree more. I know we usually don't agree too much when it comes to football, but I, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head there. I think these are clearly the two best um, pass rushers in the game. I, I, you can easily make a case for either one of these guys to be MVP defensive player of the year. But I think one thing that I took away from this week is I think we overestimated the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I, I think we can finally admit now that they're not as good of a team as we thought they were. Garoppolo, you know, kind of leaves as much to be desired in terms of quarterback play. They haven't been running the ball as well as they had in years past. Their receivers have kind of disappeared, except for Debo Samuel. And the defense is, you know, below average. You know, they have Nick Bosa, but other than that, they don't really have anything else on defense. You know, going into next year, I don't know if Trey Lance is going to be able to fix all their problems. Because I think that, you know, this year has shown that they have more holes on this roster than we thought
1: that they did. Definitely agree with that.
2: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to go on a Super Bowl run with with a really young team. And then, you know, now they're getting to that point where they're having to pay everybody and they paid paid Fred Warner and they're going to have to pay Bosa soon. You know, I I think they helped themselves out by probably going out and getting a younger quarterback. But at the end of the day, they, they really haven't, the past like four or five years, they really haven't had you know, a number one wide receiver. And a lot of people like Debo Samuel's definitely stepped up, but I still don't know if he's like number one, you know what I mean? For a team, he might be like a number two, but, and obviously they have, you know, Kittle, but he's kind of been in and out with injuries and their run game has always been running back by committee. But when you have a ton of injuries in the running back room and you're kind of relying on guys that weren't really a part of that committee to begin with, that's, that's really hard to look at. And Jimmy G just, he never can stay healthy and he's never gotten a chance to really prove himself to be you know an elite quarterback except for that Super Bowl run that they had but
0: yeah it seems like all the the talent that they had just disappeared I don't know what happened to Brandon Ayuk Raheem Mostert didn't he was never able to stay healthy anyways um but I I have no idea what happened to their running backs I mean they drafted Trey Sermon and I think he played a little bit earlier in the season but I don't even know if he's dressed the last couple weeks you know, with all the injuries, I don't know why they're not using him, but I don't know. I think if this continues into next year, I think Kyle um, Shanahan might be on the hot seat. Only time will tell with that. So moving on to topic two, uh, what is one player or, I guess, position group is that's kind of been a trend recently with, with, uh, with the show? Um, what's one player or,
2: I guess, position group that you guys are watching out for this week?
0: Um, Nick, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I think uh, last week for this question on the defensive side of the ball. I just think we have so many superstars on the defensive side of the ball this year, and I think that's a major past. We've just had so many guys in the offensive side of the ball that have been considered, you know, best players. And At this point, we have you know, TJ Watt and Dick, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And, I just think that you need to watch Miles Garrett, J Watt and, and Diggs from Dallas and to see how they continue their season being dominant. I think that that is who going forward because the offensive side of the ball has just been kind of underwhelming other than maybe Kyler Murray, but yeah, that that's who I'm watching. This week and probably for the whole season is going to be those three guys.
0: Yeah, I agree too bad uh the NFL doesn't let those superstars, you know, hit without uh drawing some penalties it would be nice to see them you know actually be able to play defense
2: and i think there's something there with that i mean you kind of look at the way that they have to play defense now with all the penalties going and those guys are still able to be as successful as they are i mean maybe there's a conversation about you know the difference of play between you know, this generation of football and past and and how successful they have been with the uh with the rule changes
0: yeah brian what about you
1: Man, i know it's a little you know ironic because i'm a Brown fan, but. I'm all with the Browns' defense this uh, week just because, you know, they're coming off a big win. They've been playing really solid the last couple weeks. They've held uh, Broncos to 14 points, Steelers to 15 points, Bengals to 16 points. So they've been doing work. Last week they got uh, two uh, interceptions and a fumble recovery. They locked down Jamar Chase, and now they're going up against the Patriots and Mac Jones. So I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup is you know i mean mac jones is the best in my opinion the best uh rookie quarterback this year so far and uh you can never really count out pay the patriots and bill belichick so i'm really curious to see just how well they perform it's definitely a favorable matchup for the browns
0: um, i know the patriots don't really have a wide receiver that really jumps out at you i know they have some some good tight ends and their running back room is pretty good um but yeah i, I do agree that Mac Jones. So far, he's been the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Um, now, whether that's you know pure talent or if he's just in the better situation out of all of them, I guess time will tell with that. But, yeah, I think that's it's definitely going to be interesting to see if they can keep it up. Um, but for me, I think my player to watch is going to be Trevor Simeon. Having to fill in for um, uh, Jameis Winston, who's done for the year, he filled in really well against the Buccaneers, led the uh, Saints to an upset win, then kind of had a dud um, this last week. I mean, he didn't play awful, but he didn't play great either. I want to see if he can, you know, kind of turn things around and kind of steady the ship because, you know, the the Saints team is pretty good, and they were 5-2 and two, uh, when Jameis got hurt. So hopefully he can kind of step it up and, you know, kind of keep this team competitive you know maybe I I don't know if he'll be able to keep them in playoff contention but you know keep the games close um kind of show that he could be uh, a long-term backup in this league um for years to come because I mean he I don't think he's going to be auditioning for a a starting job but you know at least show that you can run an offense uh, for a couple weeks while your quarterbacks hurt but yeah it's moving on to second down Um, I guess some big news um, going into this last week was the Odell Beckham Jr., um, I guess drama, you can call it. Um, He was officially waived by the Browns yesterday. He cleared waivers today. Um, So he's officially a free agent. Everyone's kind of speculating on where he's going to end up next. And I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on it. Um, I guess Nick, we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I mean where he ends up and and where he should end up are probably two, you know different conversations. I think where he ends up, unfortunately, is I think he kind of he kind of takes that route of like going to a game where he's going to be that number one guy and and that may not necessarily be a contender at this point. You know where he should end up is a contender. I know that he's you know been in talks with the Packers and the Patriots and thinks that the Patriots might be a contender this year, but the Packers might be the best bet for him, be the second option. You know Aaron Rodgers is more of a gun. And I think if he kind of wants to go that route, gunslinger route, then, you know, the Rams would be a good option. Maybe the Cardinals, like those kinds of teams, the guys that aren't afraid to throw the ball. So that's something to kind of look out for. Like I said, I think those are two different, you know, questions or different answers. But I just have this weird feeling that he's just going to end up somewhere where he's going to be the guy that's getting 15 targets a game. And, and I don't know if that's necessarily going to best option for, you know what I mean? Like New England's probably going to be that option where team targets a game. And I just don't know if that's going to be the best option for him going forward, but we'll see. It's definitely intriguing. I'm excited to see where he goes because hopefully he kind of revitalizes this, even though, you know, he kind of said some mean things
1: about Baker, but that's what it is. Guys have beef. We'll see.
0: Brian, what about you?
1: So I know uh, Pat- or the Patriots have been uh, talking to him. He wants to go to the Packers. I could see him going to the Patriots. I just cannot see him going to the Packers. I don't know why. It's just, not like a team I see that would want him, but if I had to like, honestly guess, I'd say the Raiders. I mean, you have uh, all the drama that's been going on the really sad stuff that happened with the uh, Henry Ruggs. He's off the team. Odell could come in, fill a spot. And I mean, the Raiders are definitely a contender right now. And that's, I think the main thing Odell wants is to be a part of a contending team. Uh, you pretty much stole my answer.
0: <laughs> oh. um. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I, I know. I think the, the Packers are the favorite to sign him. Um, I just don't see it working out because he's not going to be the number one option there. Uh, that's that's going to be Devonte Adams. I mean, Devonte Adams is probably the best. Uh, he's definitely top three wide receiver in football. Um, OBJ, he's probably top twenty. Um, I don't. I don't see him being a number one receiver on a good team. So if he's serious about contending, he's going to have to be okay with being the number two option. Um, so I, knowing OBJ, he's definitely more of a stats guy. He can say that he wants to go to a contender to win as much as he wants, but at the end of the day, he is he doesn't care if he wins or loses as long as he gets his numbers. I think that's all he cares about. So I think, you know, you bring up the Raiders. They don't really have a number one receiver anymore. Um, losing Henry Ruggs. Um, You know, with the tragic situation behind that, he's gone. I think OBJ can step right in and be the number one guy um, because I don't really see Hunter Renfro really threatening OBJ for targets. Uh, I I think that would be kind of a perfect fit. You know, he'll be able to improvise in that offense and kind of just run free and get open. And Derek Carr can definitely make any throw. So as long as OBJ gets open, you know, he's going to be really the only target. Moving on to the second topic of second down, is it time to take the Tennessee Titans seriously?
1: You know, I don't
0: know. Let's uh, start with Brian.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Uh, they are <laughs> really good. I mean, I thought they were going to struggle a little bit with Derrick Henry being out, but they, this week, they proved me wrong. They, uh, they took it to the Rams and they uh, really uh, played well. They dominated that game. And honestly, I just I would not be surprised if people start putting to second or third in their power rankings because, I mean, they're just playing that mm-hmm. well. Cannon Hill's having a great season. Julio Jones is doing great. So I I think it's definitely time to, you know, buy into, t- buy into the Titans. Yeah. Nick, what about you? If you weren't bought into them at the beginning of the season when they
2: had Derrick Henry, then I just don't know if right now is the time to buy into them. Seven and two is a pretty good stronghold on that division and maybe the conference at this point where everybody's sitting at like five and four, five and three. But losing Derrick Henry really hurt their identity. And I know that they added, you know, Adrian Peterson and McNichols is kind of a guy that's gonna be featured in that offense running wise, but those two guys couldn't average more than three and a half yards a carry. I mean, Aderson was at two point one yards a carry. Now give him credit, he came off the street. He did score a touchdown, but that is what it is. But when you look at Ryan Hill passing wise, he was only 19 for 27, 143 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And the problem with that is I just don't know if Ryan Tannehill is the guy to him passing wise. He's more of a play action, I need a strong run game kind of guy. And we see those guys around the league, such as like Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, like those guys just aren't really your type guys. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to spread the ball around accurately enough in all games. Now, I hope I'm proven wrong because I I, I deserve the opportunity to Super Bowl. I think who deserves an opportunity again to play in the Super Bowl, but I just don't know if they don't have Derrick Henry. Especially going into the winter month, that's really going to you know that successful. Now that defense, if it plays at an all world level like it did against the Rams, then yeah, I mean they could probably win some more games. I think that you know that record of seven and two is is gonna turn a take a one eighty real quick. And I don't know, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just not buying into them now because Derrick Henry really was that offense. He was the only person really able to move the ball down the field, and Julio Jones has been in and out with injury and shrugging all year. And Ryan Tannehill is just really not that guy throwing the ball. So we'll see going forward. But you know, I, I think that's that's a,
0: a credit to how good the Titans defense has been. Um, you know, the like you um I also want to see how this team kind of reacted to Derrick Henry being gone and I want to see who stepped up and how they looked as a team. And they looked like they didn't really you know, lose a step, obviously the, the offense is going to be different without Derrick Henry. Um, But I I think Tannehill played, he played fine. He didn't play great, Um, but they don't really need him to throw for 300 yards and four or five touchdowns a game. As long as he gets, you know, just get the ball to, you know, Julio Jones and AJ Brown, um, you know, spread it out to maybe some other weapons, you know, they can rely on that defense. That defense has shown that it's, it's good enough that it can be, what keeps them in games is as long as Tannehill doesn't, you know, turn the ball over, you know, just move the ball, get into scoring position and let the defense kind of shut the opposing offense down. Um, I was really impressed with how how the um the Titans defense stepped up this week. Because the I mean the Rams, I mean, let's face it, going into this week, I thought they were the second best team the NFC, right behind Arizona. And they they shut them down and it didn't even look close. So I, I think going forward You know, I think this is definitely a team that is a team to be reckoned with. Obviously, their defense isn't going to play all world every week, um, but I think more times than not they're going to play this well. So I I don't see much of a difference going forward. Moving on to the last topic of second down, are the I almost said Cincinnati Chiefs are the Kansas City Chiefs back or did they kind of just get lucky that um
1: Rodgers lied about getting vaccinated and got the covid.
0: Brian, we'll start with you.
1: Um I'm definitely not going to say they're back. Uh to me I have no doubt that if uh Aaron Rodgers started that game they would have lost. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: That like just it was not even close to what they were of the last two years and I don't know what's going on with Mahomes I mean I know they have their issues their offensive line's been struggling Mahomes doesn't have as much protection as he has in the past but he just doesn't look comfortable the Green Bay uh, defense really stepped up in that game but uh, I think Mahomes got a break by uh, you know playing Jordan Love in his very first start and Love did not look comfortable so I'm I'm not confident in the Chiefs at all right now
0: yeah,
1: Nick. What about you? Are they back? I'm gonna 100% agree
2: with Brian on this one. I I don't think they're back, and and I just I don't see them getting back to what we've seen in the past couple of years. I think that a few you know happened during we were able to see, and one of those is just that they don't really have you know a run game, and their offensive line is is kind of sus, but it's serviceable. I just think that the main's that Patrick Mahomes tries too hard for that that big play instead of trying to check it down and. And unfortunately, until he kind of figures that out, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I don't see him successful this year. I don't see that just bad. And, and I just don't, I don't think them getting a 13 to seven win over a team like that means they're back. I mean, Jordan Love was only 19 for 34, 190 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And if Aaron Rodgers is in that game, he's more accurate. He completes more passes. And and I just think he tears up that Chiefs. It's not, it's not very good. I think it's given up the most yards in the, uh, in the NFL this year or close to it. And I don't know. I think the few things that I learned from this game, like I said, is this, that I think Patrick Mahomes has to kind of internally look at himself and change the way that he plays the game. The only way that deep ball is going to open up is if, you know, more ins and outs and short routes. And if that run game starts to get going, deep stuff will open back up. And then I just don't know if Jordan Love is future, like the Packers will not play that well against it. that He should have been a little bit more successful with. Uh, I
0: don't know. I, I, Obviously it was, it was his first start. He didn't look great. He looked, he looked okay. He definitely looked like someone making their first NFL start. That was was his first time playing competitive football in what almost two years. Um, And I think the last time he was playing, he was playing against teams like UNLV. Like (laughs) to go from that to a to an NFL defense after sitting for a year and a half, you know, you're going to be rusty. Um, But he he had them in position to to win late in the game, and obviously he couldn't pull it through, but. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think the Chiefs are are in some problems um going forward. I don't really see them being competitive with with good teams, especially good teams with, you know, really good offenses. Even, you know, mediocre teams that have good offenses, um, they're gonna be in shootouts with because their defense can't stop anyone. Um, you know, and as long as the opposing defense is playing well enough to, you know, slow down um, Tyreek Hill you know i i think the chiefs are going to continue to struggle against pretty much any opponent and my my money would go against the chiefs um which sounds weird cuz going into this year never really would bet against pat mahomes but yeah i i, I think they got some deep issues with this roster that they need to fix um and they might need to start looking at next year cuz i think this year is pretty much done um looking at this division and if you know the right if the raiders don't slow down and they keep it up um i think this is their division to lose but i mean hell even the broncos have looked better over the last 2 weeks um i think they're back to 500 right now you know it's it's going to be tough and you know we also can't count out the chargers i don't really see a way for the chiefs to win this division or even make the playoffs at this point um unless they get lucky and get one of the last wild card spots but moving on to third down, we're going to recap um, last week's game of the week. Um, we kind of touched on it uh, with our last topic, but last week's game of the week was the Packers and Chiefs. Um, so, Brian, if you want to, you know, give us your your take on this game.
1: Um, I mean, like I said, it was not a pretty game, like at all. I get why they put it like, or why everybody was excited about it, because you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, first time playing. Everybody was excited, thinking it was going to be the All State Bowl, but I really, <laughs> said, uh, Aaron Rodgers came down with COVID. Jordan Love, I, I agree with. I'm I agree with uh, Dom. Uh, I don't want to jump to conclusions and say that you know he's not going to be the leader of this team. It was his first start. I mean, when you look at Justin Fields, his first start was atrocious. And it wasn't his all his fault by far, but you know, he's gotten better and better and better as the weeks gone by. And I think we could expect, you know, something similar with Jordan Love if he were to start again, which probably won't, but uh, Mahomes, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, the first two weeks or so of the season, he was looking great form just like the last couple of years, and then it just dropped off.
2: Yeah. Nick, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it just I don't know. The, the fact that the, the Packers couldn't score any points, I, I just think that's because Aaron Rodgers didn't play. I mean, we didn't really get the game that we thought we were going to get when you kind of looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, it was what it was. You know, I I only make the point about Jordan Love is because you, you look at him and, you know, you, you said that he hasn't played. But to be fair, he's sat in that system for, what, two years now? And... He can't go out there and operate it like that doesn't make any sense to me. Especially when you have all the weapons on the field, you have Aaron Jones, you have Devontae Adams, you know what I mean. You have you have Lazard, you you have all the weapons too. You have probably one of the better offensive lines in the league, and all you have to do is just score points. I mean that defense is, is like I said is, is not very good, and he couldn't do it. He could he couldn't drive the ball down the field consistently and put points on the board. So, you know what I mean. Maybe maybe saying he's not the future is jumping to conclusion, but like. you you had two years to prepare for this moment you know what I mean like if if you can't if you can't learn the system if you can't be ready when called upon then then are you really the the heir apparent are you really the next step like maybe he maybe he gets better maybe he changes my mind from that and that's fine but like it just didn't it didn't look good it didn't look like a good performance and you know like I know we can look back at other rookie quarterbacks and their first starts but not many guys get a chance to sit there for two years and then start <laughs> like, you know, what I mean? we saw Patrick Holmes wait a whole year and then he started and he would, you know what I mean? We kind of pushed him to as, as soon as he started playing five games into his first year of starting, we, we pushed him to like a, a top 10 top five quarterback in the league at that point. And you know what I mean? So I understand that he's a little bit different, but the problem is, is like, like I said, if you're going to sit there for two years and you're going to learn the system, you're going to learn the players, you're going to play with all those guys um, and then for the whole preseason, he's taking first team reps, so it's not like he's never thrown to these guys before. Um, and and you're not and you're not going to go out there and be productive against a defense that's not good. It's not like he went out there and played against you know the Titans defense or the Steelers defense or the Browns defense. Like he went out there and played against the Chiefs defense, which has been eaten up by almost every team this year. Like I think they they've given up the most yards by <laughs> any defense in the league. So that's that's concerning at least to me, that that's kind of what I took from that, that game.
0: Well I think there there's a difference between just following Aaron Rodgers around in practice for a year and a half to you know midweek learning, hey, you're starting and you get what, one day of practice?
2: He's not he's not following Aaron Rodgers around. Like that's not that's not what he's doing. He's, he's practicing. He's learning the playbook. He's playing with these guys. He, like that's what I'm saying. He's not following Aaron Rodgers. That's not what backup quarterbacks do. Like there's yeah I that's not – like, he's, he's preparing to play. Like, if they need him to play, he's preparing. Like, he's, he was the first-string quarterback. Like, that doesn't – that's what I'm saying. Like, that's not – it's not like he's just, like, fourth on the depth chart, like, in and out of the practice squad. Like, this guy – and for the longest time, they didn't even put him – he was the third-string quarterback for the longest time. They couldn't even elevate him to second string. That's what I'm saying.
0: Right. Because just, they, they knew when, when they took him that it was going to be a developmental project. They took him to sit behind Rodgers for – you know, probably three years and then, you know, work him into the offense. Um, So, I mean, he's, he's what, 2022 20, making his first start. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's too early to jump to conclusions about the rest of his career that, you know, could span the next decade, decade and a half, even if he just sticks around as a backup, he's still got years in this league. Um, So I wouldn't, I don't, I don't want to jump to conclusions just yet about the, you know, the rest of his career, but, you know that I, what i took away from this game is the packers defense is is good you know it's it's really good um you know the chiefs you know, though they have been struggling they they still have some of the best weapons in the league um tyreek hill good luck stopping him um you know you you can do it every now and then but you know i don't I don't think teams can do it consistently um but they they played really well they helped the they held the chiefs to what 15 points. I think the Falcons were 15-9 or something like that. Yeah, th- this defense is is good and I think going forward you get a healthy Aaron Rodgers. I think this is a team that can definitely compete for a Super Bowl. Um Chiefs not so much. Um this I think they're the the most disappointing team of the league so far this year. Um just from where they have been the last 3 years to what they are now kind of disappointing to me, but yeah, I kind of agree that this this game didn't really live up to the hype. <laughs> um, I, th- I think when we picked it as the game of the week, um, obviously before Aaron Rodgers went down, but but moving on to fourth down, this week's game of the week, once again, the Chiefs, we're going to see if they can maybe start to right the ship against a Raiders team that's kind of been going through a lot of adversity the, the last couple of weeks, well, really this whole season. Uh, I was interested to see how they could potentially, you know, maybe you start to calm things down, get back on track. And I want to see if the Chiefs can really get back on track with that offense. Maybe their defense starts to improve a little bit. Um, but, you know, how are you
1: guys breaking this game down? And we'll
0: start with Brian.
1: I think it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, not many teams can go through what the Raiders have gone through and be on, you know, unfazed lost John or they lost Gruden, you know, that whole scandal, We've already talked about what happened to Ruggs. So they're adjusting with all that. But I think uh the Raiders have the advantage here. I'm always I've always felt like Derek Carr has been like a really underrated quarterback. He gets a lot of hate, and I really don't understand why. And I just don't like we've already said, I don't see the Chiefs getting much better. I mean, I think their season's over with. And I think the Raiders are gonna take this and you know fight the chargers for the uh division title and that's just my take on it.
0: Okay, Nick, what about you?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't see the chiefs winning this game. I just I just don't know how they do it. I mean, the problem is is that you have a raiders team even though they don't have Henry Ruggs and he's not there to kind of take the top off the defense, you know, they're going to have to rely more on that run game and and Jacobs has been kind of spotty throughout his career whether that's with injuries or production-wise. So you know, even even though the Raiders have all that going against them, you know, the whole John Gruden situation, and obviously you talked about Henry Ruggs, and it's just, they've kind of gone through so much adversity, and I feel like in a divisional game like this against the Chiefs, unless the Chiefs, like, weirdly figure it out for this game, and maybe they start clicking on all cylinders, I just don't see them even being able to overcome this game against this team that, that kind of has a lot of things so, but I, I do see it being a hard-fought game, more close, maybe like a one seventeen 17 kind of game. I don't see the, the Raiders blowing the Chiefs out, but I just see, you know, Patrick Mahomes continuing to struggle throwing the deep ball, and I, Chiefs defense struggle against offenses, and I don't know, it'll be an interesting game, it'll be a hard-fought game, so if you love hard-fought, gritty games, a bit gross, then yeah, go ahead and watch this game, but unless there's some miracle on the Chiefs side where they just figure it out against this Raiders defense. I don't know because Max Crosby's victory in that offensive line is, I don't know if it's right him. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, I I agree
2: with you guys. Um, I
0: think if you can handle what the Raiders have, have handled and they've, you know, pretty much been unfazed, um, you know, like, like you just said, if, if you can handle that and be unfazed, any sort of drama that you see during the game, that's nothing that pales in comparison to what they've had to deal with off the field for the past, you know, month and a half. Um, you know, I, I I like how these teams match up. I'm really liking the matchup between Derek Carr and this Chiefs defense. Um, this Raiders offense still has a lot of weapons. Um, in the backfield, you got, you know, obviously Josh Jacobs, you got Kenyon Drake, Hunter Renfro's good. And there's some other guys, you know, deeper down in that wide receiver room that have stepped up over um, this season. And they still have Darren Waller as a tight end. Um, who's one of the better tight ends in football. I think I think this is going to be a pretty high scoring game. You know the, the Raiders defense doesn't really wow me. Um, they've been better. their secondary's pretty good. And that front seven doesn't really impress me outside of Max Crosby. Um, so I, I could definitely see this being a high scoring game, but I do think the Raiders end up um, pulling away and taking this um, taking the win moving on to our final topic of the episode going into our two pun conversion what is one prediction that you guys have um in football this week could be NFL high school college doesn't matter what's one prediction that you guys have we'll start with uh, we'll start with Nick i don't know maybe, maybe there's people that follow high school football
2: uh, my prediction in this week in football is that um i, w- I wish I had a high school one i'm a i'm a'm I'm gonna I'm a get one for next time <laughs> uh, yeah
0: i mean uh, up up here in Cleveland, high school football is pretty big, especially when you got you know St. Ignatius and and Benedictine going after each other.
2: Oh yeah, I mean we got like we got some pretty good school too. So it, I mean, listen, high school football is fun. I I think that that would be a, a whole nother podcast to cover high school high school football in general, which would be you know because there's there's lots there's lots of things to break down with that, but <laughs> we'll not we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> I think that my I don't know I'm torn. There's there's a couple there's a lot of people that I a lot of people, a lot of teams that I would like to watch, but I won't. That at least makes Greg mad and he's not. <laughs> but I think that my my thing to watch is not necessarily like a player or a position group, but more or less a, a game. Um, and I kind of called this last time with the Steelers when they went out and played the Bengals, but the Steelers play the Lions and the Lions don't have a win. And for whatever reason, that just looks like a game that Steelers would lose. So, um, yeah, that is. It, I, I listen. I I love the Steelers. I'm a Steelers fan, but I, I I can I can be a little I can be unbiased sometimes, and that just looks like a game that we would drop for some weird reason. Like we're on a four game win streak. The Lions haven't won a game yet, and that looks like a game that we could just drop for some weird reason. So that's that's my game to watch this week. And, you know, on multiple reasons, because, you know, the Lions don't have a win. And I think that they're itching to get a win. I think that they are going to come out and play really hard. And also on the other side, I'm interested to kind of see how this offense for the Steelers keeps evolving. Because when I watched the game last night, it kind of looked like that Big Ben was taking more shots down the field that I've seen him take all season. So I don't know if that was just because they were getting more opportunities against the Bears defense or he was just more comfortable taking shots down the field maybe his arm field felt better that day or you know the guys were just getting open a little bit better I don't know so I'm interested to see you know especially against a Lions team that's not very good if he can continue that if Roethlisberger is continuing to be comfortable taking shots down the field and then you know I just love watching Nazi Harris play so keep watching him play but that's that's my game to watch for the week.
1: Um real quick I'm I'm going to agree with Nick just a little bit but just as the Lions it's a a really weird winless team. They've played a lot of good teams hard. They've almost they should have probably beaten the Ravens. Mm-hmm. For half they for like you know the first half they almost beat the Rams. Um for my prediction I'm going to say the Browns struggle with uh, their offense this week is we've already talked they're going to the uh patriots uh hunts out and their uh their offense is a heavy or very run heavy offense hunts out it just came out earlier today chubb and felton are covid positive they could possibly play on sunday but i wouldn't you know hold your breath so that just leaves dear johnson and uh that means they're gonna have to do a lot of play action pass they're gonna be you know, doing a lot more, uh, passing than what they're used to.
2: Yeah. And relying on Baker with that, that bum shoulder, that's going to be rough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think again, delete, lead, leading into
0: my point here, I was also going to do a prediction against a uh, Browns prediction, but taking a little bit different direction. I think, um, you know, I, I would be surprised at this point if, if Chubb plays, um, even though he is vaccinated, I think he has to what, have two negative tests in 24 hours to be able to play. Um, Correct. So if he, if he is able to play, I think, you know, the the Browns offense doesn't skip a beat. Um, I think obviously the Patriots defense is better than the Bengals defense and they're not going to put up 41 points against the Patriots, but I still think that this offense would look good. Um, if, if Chubb is out, I think, I think they'll struggle a little bit. I think it'll definitely be a close game, but I, I would definitely take the Browns weapons over the the Patriots weapons, even without um, Nick Chubb. I, you know, they got a good wide receiving core um, David Njoku has probably had the best year of his career. Um, I, he still leads the league or not leads the league. He leads the team in receptions and yards. Um, you know they they still have weapons. It's just they would have to rely on Dearness Johnson, um, which he showed that he could you know fill in one week, you know for Nick Chubb, but I don't know if I don't know if he'll be able to consistently rush for one hundred and sixty eight yards as the you know, number one back. Um, but I still think the Browns pull away with this one. I think they're gonna get the win, you know, depending on if Nick Chubb is healthy, he'll be you know a little bit more confident in that you'll probably no that'll be a lot closer if he's out but I still think the browns are going to pull this one out moving on to the last topic we got the trivia question so a trivia question this week is how many quarterbacks passed for over 400 yards in week 1 of the 2018 NFL season no uh no set order here whenever you guys
2: have a guess go ahead and uh
1: just shout it out
2: you want you want the names of the quarterbacks or you want how many
1: how many I'm just gonna throw out a number and say three. I'm
2: gonna go, I'm gonna go five. Oh, Brian had it right. He
1: hit it right on the head with
0: three. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Three quarterbacks, four four hundred yards or more in, in week one. That's um, not something you see every day. I guess that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of two-minute drill. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, taking time out of your busy schedules to talk some football with me. Um, I want to thank you guys, as always, for for giving us a listen and supporting us. And
2: as always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every
1: Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any updates. And please
0: let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next.
2: As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.